What up, everybody? Another week, another podcast. We're back, as always, for audio and video for all our listeners and viewers. This week, David and myself are joined by longtime member Harry and a friend of his that we just met this week. They they call each other friends. You you take that what you will. Her name is Colleen. You're allowed to say that. <laughs> what, Colleen? We We're didn't discuss say- this if we would use my real name. I mean. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's still not too late. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't edit, so it's staying. But if you want to change your name, do it right oh, it's okay, now. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Cherry Coke Zero, man. Cherry Coke Zero. <laughs> um, I don't really think it's going to matter at this point. Um, There's only probably- like three people that watch. And I think it's majority. It's just us. When you had no, your I'm original, not. no, when you had your original uh, contact with, with Bobby, he was probably high and or drunk. So he probably doesn't even remember the phone conversation. So. I want to get high so bad. I still, I've been retired now like 13, 14 days. And I still haven't made my fucking uh, marijuana purchase. But How have you coming. not been high? That was like your number one priority. I know, I know. I <laughs> the people that I thought would set me up are like, oh, I stopped doing that long ago and blah, blah, blah. And you're on antibiotics. Do you really want to get high, Colleen? Does that make sense? And I'm like, yes. Like from the minute I wake up, I, I should be high like seven straight days. But why I will, the, I will. Why the fuck didn't Harry hook you up? That's how he drives a Tesla. Why didn't you fucking hook him up? She didn't ask you me. You could hook me up. I didn't. I asked everybody. I even asked supervisors at work. I was like, you, hey, do you have teenage kids that maybe do shit you don't want to know about? <laughs> I, ha- I hang out with comedians, man. I can hook you up with all kinds of shit. Yeah. All right. No, I'm going to get I'm going to get the fucking balls and just put a 20 in my pocket. Maple? Hell yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> no. yes. The thing is. I've I've walked past these guys in in Fierdal. It's like that's a neighborhood in Bremen where they sell drugs, like openly on the streets. I know that's and... Harry takes me there every time we go to visit him. Yeah. Oh, okay. You guys aren't in. I'm Bremen. kidding. I've never been there to visit him. <laughs> no, we're not in. Bremen. Not once. <laughs> You're no, not, not in Bremen. Bremen. No, we're in oh, Houston. Man. Ah, now I get. Yeah, I, connection get right uh, I get the fucking connection, man. Yeah, the tips. I'm in Bremen. Okay. We always, we okay. Always it's this. like, so a Bremen, how can I talk about Fiertel is, is a place in Bremen where a lot of people stand on the corner and go, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, <laughs> I usually like just that. say, yeah, exactly. And I usually just say, not today. Today's not good for business, blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm free, I can technically talk to them and I just don't. Yeah. But isn't one of those places located in every big city in Germany? I mean, you know where to go in Frankfurt. Not even big cities. It's uh, there. You you can find that anywhere you need. Is there a place like, like that in Gießen? Yes. Yeah. Where Where do you like? Not that I care, but where would you have to go in Gießen? <laughs> Weststadt. Weststadt. But yeah. where Weststadt? Weststadt's pretty big. Anywhere, dude. Gummiensel. <laughs> Note taking. <laughs> yeah, really. I would say the Gummiensel. Probably Gummiensel. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Like you know where you know where the Neustadt tour is. I don't want to bore everybody, but like right over the bridge, you uh-huh. make a right. Literally go over the bridge and make a right. Uh huh. You can get anything over you want. Over the there. bridge, take a right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you a, a Google Mail screenshot. A Google Mail. Google Maps screenshot. Uh-huh. All right. I'm not kidding. That's where you get anything you want in the Westadt. Bobby's dead on. Bobby knows. Trust me. If anybody knows, Bobby does. 
<laughs> uh, real quick, before we get into what we wanted to talk about, um, right? Want to see how you felt about somebody getting murdered in your neighborhood, Bobby? Oh yeah, that was nice. Uh, I mean, interesting. They're not like, I... <laughs> yeah, but for Germans, it was a big deal. Like for me, it was like, like every, I went to work the next day, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, what happened by your house?" I was like, "What are you guns talking about?" <laughs> yeah, somebody got beat to death right by you. I'm like. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hear Colleen, about it. Fill you in. Fill you in, and everybody else, real quick, before we talk about this. Uh, from what I understand, a seventy-year-old man was beaten to death on the street. Oh, that sucks. For talking yeah. shit, though. Okay. Well, uh, at, like that's gonna be. Butt, a... You want to bump gums and throw hands like a man? You better get ready. You better be ready to be. What hit. the fuck is <laughs> bum gums? What the fuck? No. Gums, dude. <laughs> you don't take out. No, that is. No, that's the lowest of the low. Sorry, you don't. Yeah. It's like you... kids, old dogs, old men. Okay, like some old German men probably it's deserve a womp like, womp. Okay, if an old man's just kind of walking by minding his own business, got it. But if he starts like with that finger pointing somebody's chest and screaming at him, you deserve to get hit. Yeah, get hit is one thing, but beat somebody to death is another. He, hit, he pushed the guy, he fell back and hit his head. He wasn't beaten to death. Hey, did his head hit the ground a couple times? Probably. That's beaten to death in my book. Well, maybe he wasn't wearing a mask. Who was the person? <laughs> who was the person who did it? That's a bigger no idea. I have no idea. You sure? It I wasn't you, saw, Bobby? Positive. I actually, that was one of the first things I asked. I said, where are these people from? Because <laughs> that's what I want to know. <laughs> Casually racist Bob. We're only five minutes in. That's a record. That is a record. <laughs> and that it's okay to beat old people on the streets. I have no, no, it's really not okay. But like I said, it's but. I don't know. Like for me, like where I come from in Cleveland, like I I come from a pretty shit neighborhood. So like this one person being killed in the six years that I lived here, that's actually that's where I used to live. That's statistically impossible. You know what I mean? Like, wait, there's only one person killed in six years. Now that's the, you, you got to add something on the end of that one. And that's usually what it is. So it's for me. Yeah. It's weird because it's here in Germany, but it's for me, it's nothing new. It didn't really affect. I didn't know the people I feel bad for him, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like you feel too bad for him, Bobby. Getting ready to say that's me. like that, that American right, man. badism. Right, like, yeah. dude. I'm sorry. Like I'm just. Let's say it's hard. I'm such an angry shit mood today. I honestly almost, I almost bowed out tonight. I almost said, "Hey, I'm not going to be on." Oh, why? Why are you in an angry shit mood? Did you? Oh, like, it's use not your automobile today. Oh, we're not going to record <laughs> this. Because <laughs> I haven't driven my car since the 13th of February, and I drove my car for the first time today, and I felt fucking rage. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I had my dog in the car, so when my dog's in the car, I can't feel fucking road rage. So I had to be like, motherfucker, Hi. you fucking asshole, because I can't <laughs> let my if I if I go motherfucker, my dog gets all tense and shit. But if I'm like. Motherfucker, sucking oh, so like, fucking cock, sucking dick, fucking ass. Sorry, Alan, but I have to like I have to, I have to turn it into like a nursery rhyme when my dog's in the car. But I was singing nursery rhymes all fucking afternoon. Well, my yes. dog doesn't even he he's used to it. He doesn't even care. Okay. Probably traumatized. My, yeah, my yeah, your dog's traumatized. No, he's my just, dog's I have him. I have him. 
adjusted to me. That's how, you know. Oh, but, okay. Oh, advanced dog ownership. I get it. I get it. Fuck the dog. Do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. You were the owner, not the dog. I got the you, dog. I, got I, I just saw an interesting documentary about that, about how dogs like judge human emotions by like analyzing yeah, parts of their faces. Like if you yep. pop a smile or something, they'll know and associate that with uh, positive emotions and everything. So if your exactly. dog doesn't care about you cussing all the time, then maybe he's a psychopath. Oh, my dog is oh, a psychopath. Oh, Rocky. Ah. Yeah, not dog. Alan. Not Alan. Rocky, Rocky is fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, well, you cut his balls off, so he has a right to be angry. (laughs) I cut Alan's balls off, too, so, I mean... See, actually, I didn't. The wife got that done. It's a woman thing. That's what we do. That's what we do to these motherfuckers, (laughs) man. Wow. Fucking bleeders. Always trying to hold us down. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bleeders. Did you say bleeders or breeders? No, bleeders. Bleeders. He definitely said bleeders, yes. (laughs) All right, Colleen, we want to find out. That's one way of talking about women. Okay. (laughs) We want to slide into something or we're never going to get there at this point. Okay, what were we sliding Uh, into? Fuck it. Let's just burn it down, dude. Let's do what we do. (laughs) Have fun. Let's have fun. Uh, I'm kind of curious for some people. How long have you been in Germany now? Obviously, you're American. So 36 years. Okay. What was your first year in Germany? Just for reference. 1985. I can do the math. No, I'm just saying I didn't want to do the math. I'm not going to lie. Ah, okay, okay. Very All good. Right, okay, so, cool. So from what we know, you were in the military, correct? Exactly. And that's how you ended up over here, just like me? Exactly. Right. Okay. And where was Air your first- Air Force. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, I don't care. That's fine. I was dumb enough. I was an idiot and joined the Army instead of the Air Force. All right. Well, good, man. Be all uh, you yeah. can be. Yeah, that's- Yeah, okay. So- uh yeah so from what i hear what i I want to do is slide into the super interesting shit because we have a lot of people who some people listen who don't know the military so let's not really slide into that because i'm sure there's a lot of fun there to be had but uh, oh yeah so you were stationed in berlin berlin so this is the interesting part for me because obviously i didn't join the military until 2001 so i got stationed in gießen and i knew some people who were in berlin before and they yep. told me excellent stories about having a great fucking time, even though you oh, were encapsulated. Yeah. So uh, what I want to do is, is is get your thoughts since you've been here so long. Yeah. What, th- what things have changed in Germany over time from when you first came here to now? Some things that you could talk about. Uh, I could talk about anything. I mean, when I first came to Germany, one, I was 19. I didn't know anything about the culture. I didn't know where I was headed to. I didn't know what was expected of me. I didn't know anything about the people, which I found really cool. I found it cool to be running around as a 19. I didn't understand the language. I had no prejudices, which I found really, I I assumed they had none against me. So I would wander around Berlin, a little blonde soldier girl, thinking, looking at me, felt the same as I did about them. I often think back to this time ages and ages ago, and I think, wow, what an innocent motherfucking bitch I was. But I, <laughs> I didn't have, I had no preconceived notions of anybody around me. I couldn't understand anything they said. It was like a, a weird silence and really free existence. It was kind of nice I, at that young age. I think I can uh, 
kind of understand what you mean. I felt the same way when I got here. You don't understand. Yeah. You can't read the signs. You don't understand anything. Yeah. Right, it's a pretty, right. it's a pretty it's cool a, feeling, actually. Yeah, it is. It is. Really. You're quite naive you, for both exactly. of you. When did it come crashing down? Because obviously, Germans have like their ways. <laughs> I had a way different experience than you two did. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it wasn't Disney with birds chirping and fucking Fuck butterflies no. flying but, around your head, Bobby? I'm, I, like you guys came here, so you were surrounded by Americans. So like your culture was still kind of there. Yeah, oh yeah. You totally. could always retreat back to it. That's what I say. I, I could always retreat back to the base. Yeah. I got off the plane and moved into a house full of Russians. That that was it. That was that was my initial integration into Germany. Blame yourself. Nobody else. I know. That's like a ice cold bath, mother sucker. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I said. I, that's what I tell everybody when I first got here. My first four years, I could always retreat back to America. It yeah. was on. A, it was in the base, but you could always go back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever we did go off base or on the economy, it was like we were. It was always in groups of soldiers. Mm-hmm. So we did our thing and. We always knew there in Berlin, it was an allied city. So it was an occupied city. So no matter what we did, there was always MPs. If it was the British police or the French police, it was like, we did whatever we want with a weird kind of freedom. And it was like, the Germans would be like, ah, they're soldiers. And we probably didn't always behave like the best ambassadors to our country or something, but no, we always felt like, even if you were puking in a bush, if there was an MP, <laughs> You know, on the corner, it was like, he'll take me home if I don't know how to get home. And they would, you know, you would just be like, take me back to Tibelhoff. And they would take you home. Or one of your buddies would, you know, grab you by the hair and throw your butt in a taxi and you'd get back to your dorm room. So pretty carefree time, I have to say. (laughs) Or you pass out on the base on the way to the barracks in a corner. Also fine. Also fine. Also totally acceptable. It is. It's fine. As long as you make make it to formation for us, it was fine. Also, I I didn't have formation. Also, the way Air Force, Uh, (laughs) Air Force. The way um, the Germans viewed American soldiers uh, specifically was like very. um, They felt protected by them um, because, as as strange as Germans react to foreigners, um, Americans were always highly idolized. It's cool, at least at least where I grew up. Um, I know that about the West. A, a, the but West I was yeah. in the East. Well, okay. Well, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you were in the East? What do you mean? Uh, okay. Well, in Berlin, the West Berliners kind of idolized the Americans with Elvis Presley and Armed Forces Network Radio and stuff like that. And but whenever the wall came down and uh, well, the East Germans, I don't know. So a lot of them had their definite political ideas about uh, America and capitalism right. okay. and our our fake friendliness. You know, I had a, I had a lot to do with East Germans pretty much right after the fall of the wall, and almost all of them uh, said that they expected that I would be friendly and say hi, how are you doing? But it wasn't that it wasn't like a how are you doing like I really wanted to ask 
or I was I would want to listen to how they really are doing. They thought it was just superficial. I heard that's a phrase I've heard a lot about Americans is that we're superficial. I think it's accurate. Me too. And I think it's accurate. I think you can really? ask because we can be having the shittiest day in the States. You walk by somebody. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? They could be having the shittiest day ever. I think it's just programmed into us. We don't want to um, lay our problems at other people's feet. Yeah, that. But it's funny how you say that because right there, you say you could walk past anybody in the states and say, "Hi, hey, how's your day?" and they'll answer you. Here in Germany, like that was one of the hardest things for me to get used to when I moved to Germany, is because I walk by somebody. Like, if you make direct eye contact with me where I'm from, you at least give that person the nod. You know, right, what I mean? yeah. or you say yeah. hi, just a simple hi as you walk by. Nothing more, nothing less. Right. And I did that, and people looked at me like I was a fucking drug addict. Like, what the fuck is this dude saying hi to me for? And it, it was just really hard for me to get used to. And I still have a hard time with that. I do, too. I do, mm-hmm. too. And they, one thing is here, they, they are not inhibited at all in doing that up and down thing. They will look at you and go... You know, they will do the whole fucking up and down and not acknowledge <laughs> yeah. that you're, you're a living thing, an organism or something. It's like, you just up and fucking down me and can't even like, at least give that knowing grin of exactly something, you know, some kind of acknowledgement that you are, have a soul, I guess. <laughs> what I really want to know is, are, are Berliners like that? too because that's like a specific Bremen and Hessen trait I would say because in Berlin I never had that in Berlin I never had it in Berlin (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's a little thing we do on the pod where we well I randomly change people's names during the pod the things they say so did you change my name no 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 I I wrote look you can change it I haven't talked to you baby it's okay. going. It's gonna. It's gonna happen later on. I'm just so wait, actually, okay. <laughs> so instead of calling you by your name, should we call you your nickname? Yeah, you can call me my nickname. What is it? Cookie Taking bets. Yes, exactly. Cookie. Very yeah, good. Yeah, told Two me that the other day. Points for you. <laughs> but why do they call you Cookie? Because when I was a little kid, I must have been age I don't know three or something. I decided I wanted to eat cookies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And my mom was cool with that. She was like, she's going to get tired of it. But I would go to my aunt's house and my aunt would have to babysit me. And she'd sit me at the table and put, I don't know, hot dogs and potato chips on the table. And I would be like, cookie. And she would be, she'd like sit there and say, you got to eat your lunch and then you can have a cookie. And I'd be like, cookie, cookie, cookie. So, and then my mom would be like, did cookie eat? And she, or no, did Colleen eat? And my aunt would be like, she's not eating her food. She's still sitting at the table four hours later. And my mom was like, just give her a cookie. So then my whole family at my aunts or my, uh, my other aunts or my grandmas, they knew to just put cookies on the plate. And normally after a couple of cookies, I'd be like, oh, corn, corn, you know, and then I would eat some corn. But then everyone just started calling me cookie because that was always the food, my food of choice for a, a good like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well. It'd be my 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 uh, meal of choice too. Yeah. Hence why I'm a overweight young man, old man, middle aged man. Fuck, I don't know. Doesn't matter. So <clears throat> I want to move on because yeah, we I, have stuff to cover. We had a WhatsApp conversation early, and you right. had me at fuck swing. 
So, uh, so if uh, I swing, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess I guess we want to move on to something that I think that we all can comment on. Yeah. And uh, but I think that we may have talked about this on the pod, Bobby, but I'm not sure. Uh, the craziest thing to ever happen to us in Germany. Right. And I'm supposed to tell my story. Well, I'm sure you have a much better story than any of us. Based on all the stuff that Harry's told us, which is a lot of it is highly inappropriate, by the way. Um, But, you know, so I already had preconceived notions of what kind of person you were. Um, It's not, though. You're not that person I thought you were. So um, we're just going to go ahead and let you tell stories. And Harry, you should be ashamed of yourself. What fucking shit did you say, Harold? You guys should talk about that after the pod. Yeah, oh, okay. that, you guys can clear that up later. You don't need to do that here now. Come on. <laughs> oh, Bobby's like, I mean, Harry's like laughing. Ah, but I'm interested in here because Harry said, dude, you think you like to show your butthole? Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I can't believe you did no, it was, at work. <laughs> no, I was like 100% uh, looking forward to this conversation and looking forward to this podcast because working with Colleen has always been a riot. I just that's a, that's honestly what he said. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he, he wasn't say, was say that. Yeah, we're dickheads to each other. We love each other, but we're also dickheads to each other. So, yeah, the, uh, you'll figure that out. Brotherly that. love. Dave Brotherly and Bobby are like the two big brothers good. that I never wanted. It's like, yeah. it's so cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, I mean, let's, I'm sure that up in Berlin during that time frame, um, from what I've heard from other military members I was with, it was kind of a, uh, do your, I don't know, this is mostly from an army side though. So I don't know how it was in the air force, but I, I, went, know, I went to the army clubs quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. And please, the floor is yours. Fill us in on your craziest story. Although, okay. My craziest story, there's a fly here. Sorry. The, my craziest story, story actually happened. After I had left Berlin, I was in uh, Bremen and I went back to Berlin to hang out with friends. And this particular group of friends, they like going to the Kit Kat Club. It's kind of a, um, how do you describe the Kit Kat Club? They always have really good techno DJs. They've got lots of different dance floors and lots of different areas in the club. And a lot of times they have evenings that have like a special- Happy dogs going into things. Motto, yeah, they have a motto evening. It's a very free culture inside the club. So if you've got like um, particular sexual fetishes and stuff like that, or I think they call it a fetish club. Harry's dying already. Like, (laughs) yeah, but it's like people, people. I, I've been there a bunch of times, but it's like I never, I never, I always went with my friends, and my friends would like if it was like. what is lack? Lack. What is lack? What? Uh, lack of leather. 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 Okay. okay, leather. If it was like weird. Patent leather, yeah. Yeah, patent leather. Like if it was like some weird sexual fetish club night, um, that's what they would require people to wear coming in. The thing is, the Kit Kat is pretty cool and they want to be inclusive to normal people. And at the door, you can always take off all your clothes, which means you can leave your underwear on. And as a woman, taking off all your clothes means you only have to take expose your breasts. So I went there with my friends and I, I was thinking, oh, I don't really want to go here all night long because it's like you don't go there till midnight. You don't come out of there till six, seven o'clock in the morning if, if you get out that early. And it's just like, 
I always thought it was a fucking bacteria. And it was always fun. I always left there like, fuck, that was fun. Let's do it again. But every time I went in, I was always like, oh, I don't know. Exactly. So I never like (laughs) dressed the part. I know the time before that I had like, it was summer. I had like a tank top and shorts on. And I I got me a, um, uh, a helium balloon of a unicorn. And my friends were like, oh, you're not, I, I told them that was going to be my outfit. And they were like, oh, why don't you ever dress up like us? And I was like, cause I don't want to look like a fucking, I was like, whatever you do, you, I will do me. So I got to the door and they let me in with the unicorn. And that was the coolest fucking night because <laughs> on the dance floor, I tied the unicorn around my wrist. And I'm on the dance floor and everyone's like, can I dance with you and your unicorn? Can I fuck you up the ass? I'd be like, no, not right now. And they, but that's how it works in the in the Kit Kat Club. They they walk up to you and they're like, you know, do you want to grease them in the corner? And it's like, no, but thanks for asking. But you like, you know, can even out hey, instead of hey, can I get you something to drink? Hey, you mind if I slip it in your paper? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're totally mellow about awesome it. Awesome kind and of club. It, it was like. The, the first time, the thing is, the first time I went there, I didn't know that. I went in with my friend Fanny. I think I wore like all black. And Your friend that would who? Be, her name's Fanny. Stephanie. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So I Did went in with it? Fanny and she's really like goth, leather, sexual, innuendo clothing. I don't know what you call it, but she's like all into like garter belts, exposed. And I'm always like, girl, look at you. And she's always like, and you did nothing for the moment. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have to. I'm me. So I'm always like, that's enough. And I almost always can sweet talk my way in, you know, with the fucking bouncer people. I'm like, so I, I, I've never had a problem getting in except for this one night. So this one night, it, I don't know, it was maybe the 10th time in there, no outfit. And I, I really wasn't like, I was like, oh, I don't really want to go. Whatever. You guys have fun tonight. I thought they were going to lose me at the door. And they were like, well, just take off your top. And I was like, I had one buddy of mine. He was wearing a skirt with nothing underneath it because he was trying to do like the Scottish, you know, dude. And I was like, just Saturday night for us. Exactly. Regular Saturday night attire. And um, so I, I thought, fuck it. I'd had enough to drink on the way to the Kit Kat Club. I was like, I'll take off my shirt. So I took off my shirt and I like stuck it in my the tie of my belt. And I was like, let's do this. And we go in and there's a paraplegic in his little chair with a a pot of like four or five different glow in the dark um, paint pots. And he has like this pen in his mouth and he like stuck the pen in there. And I had noticed before that women that didn't have clothing on a lot of times had body paint. And I always wondered, you know, what, what fucking section do you get the body paint in? Never thought that much about it. But I was like, I had just walked in and he was like, puts his, you know, puts his pen or his paintbrush down. He's like, fresh meat. Hello, may I paint your breasts? And I was like, I was like, well, why, of course, motherfucking little person with no arms and legs. I'm not going to say no. So <laughs> this is inappropriate. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. It, it's, it's really not. Right. It's really not. But then he like, you know, he's, he's like, what color? And I was like, oh, be creative. So then he like 
you know, gets in close and he's like putting butterflies and putting shit on the nipple or whatever. And he was like, take a look in the mirror. And I was like, looks good. So that's my craziest thing. It's not the craziest thing, but it's a pretty cool fucking thing. Yeah, but like, was That's he using? Cool. I, like, I have questions. Was he using the same color? Because the whole time you're telling the story, I'm thinking like, well, if he's using different colors in the same brush, it's all going to be the same color. No, no, no. In each little pot was a different brush. <laughs> so he. <laughs> but if you think he was, he was painting other people's sweaty bodies. Yeah. And and putting it back in the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I have a problem with the whole... Put it again, you know what? Boobs is different than taint. If he's painting taint, there's no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, yeah. I, don't, I don't need anything on my face. We're good. Thank you. <laughs> no, he would He would paint... He would, like, paint stars on people's faces and stuff. Uh, he wanted extra stuff. Uh, he would use the same paint pots and be like, uh, a little David Bowie star, little fucking kiss action going... Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, nice. I don't really know the whole behind a paraplegics, but I guess that's his, maybe that's his thing. I, I thought it was cool as heck. I thought it was cool that, one, he had a place to spend his night and <laughs> everyone would chit-chat with him. No, he was totally fine there. He had his little niche, you know? He found this little niche market. People would throw change in his little cup or something. And uh, he was, he wasn't at home. He wasn't at home, you know? Wow. I'm such an asshole. I'm sorry. I couldn't hold it anymore. The thing is, go ahead, Bobby. The thing is, um, see, that's not the kind of Germany that I've experienced. I could never imagine going anywhere in Gießen and seeing everybody partying around a paraplegic. No Bro, fucking way. Have they you ever him been? like... Have you ever been to the uh, to the e-porn in Mook? No. Where's That's Mook? Mook is um, Europa Viertel, you know, where there were... Uh, yeah, Europa Viertel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's a little danky place, like, right in the back of that. And um, they have a, a party that's very similar, where they just roll porn all night on two different floors and you can see people getting it on in one corner. Um, there, there are paraplegics that I was going to say run around, but they don't run around. They roll around, and um, it's like very inclusive. How I like ago, that about it. How long ago was this that you went to this club? When was the last time you got your titties painted? <laughs> that was the only time. This was. It must have been like 2015, I think. Okay, cool. Okay. Okay, 2016. Cool. I'm going to say it was maybe five years ago. So it could be 2016, 2015, somewhere in there. Because I know that that club has changed locations a couple of times. And yeah, uh, in, in 94, it was in Schoenberg. It was in a bigger place. But since like 2006, since I came here to Bremen, or maybe even 2005, it was in its. Uh, so they closed it down last year, I think, because of Corona, that they yeah, actually had a, a Corona outbreak in the club. I can't imagine how that would happen. It's it's yeah, it either man. Yeah, like I'm sorry, Corona would be the last thing I'd be worried about. To be honest <laughs> yeah. with you, no shit. Right. But I I googled it um, <laughs> leading up to this podcast, and it's a Corona uh, test center now. So oh for, really? How fucking yeah. cool is that? Yeah, they're finally testing for something. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody got snobbed. <laughs> I have a hard time believing there was a whole lot of rubber usage going on in there and things like that. I God, just no. No, no. We have a. I don't know if you heard any of the prior pods. But we have a buddy who lives a particular kind of cool freestyle lifestyle like that, but he's he's more into the fucking other people's wives. So, ah, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So, and he's told us some stories about places he's been, and I'm just yikes yeah as well yeah. As the cat. i mean i've been in a couple of clubs in berlin i know there was one i can't remember what it was called in schoenberg and they have like unisex bathrooms and it, i saw a sign that said golden showers and i i was like ooh, like nice. privately a golden shower and i was like what does a, a of your own what does a free golden shower mean and i went in to go to the bathroom and there were men, it was like a big, clear toilet bowl. And there were men sticking their head under the toilet bowl. They just wanted to watch you urinate into the bowl. You didn't have to urinate on their faces unless you wanted. That was a different cubicle. But I was like. Look, man, everybody has their own thing, but that's fucking weird. I'm sorry. It's just weird. Yeah, but shit like that, you could walk into weird yeah. places in Berlin and just be like god dang it man what the fuck but you like, no more what the fuck because yeah. of this pod i have two new pickup lines next time i go to a club like um when they open up i go to duck cafe in Gießen. i'm just gonna set up and be like <laughs> so can i put it in your butt or you want to pee on me <laughs> like that, just not even hey can i get you to drink pee on me no, but I think, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's a that's a serious <laughs> fetish. Like some some people really like oh, yeah. watching women piss. It is, like it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, so, but all right. Here's the thing. Then, like Germans, there's like a genre of porn where it's like scat or feces porn, and it's always oh, like Germans. two girls in a cup, right? And it's so yeah. But other than like that, but like if you look at the other side, it's always Germans. <laughs> But two so, girls, one cup is Brazilians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the okay, Germans but, are always talking about size. So everything they is like, have, this is like, like German shit porn. <laughs> so we had uh, <laughs> when you turned 18, it was like a rite of passage for us. Like he bought a lottery ticket, a pack of smokes, and he went to this awful porn store in the ghetto of Cleveland, and you had to find the absolute worst possible thing you could like worst porn you can find. A buddy of mine found a German poop one. Oh, okay. <laughs> he had an aunt that was staying with him that was a total bitch. Ruined everybody's fun. She would actually call the cops on us. So he put it into a VCR, like, laid it, like, one day. And the next day, we knew we were going to have, like, a party. So he had the remote. Like, he snuck in and grabbed the remote and had the TV turned all the way up beforehand and had it all queued up. So in the middle of the night while she's sleeping, and we know like she's about to wake up and start bitching, boom, play. And it's just a girl shitting all over a dude's face. It was so gross. Yeah, I think I know that one. That's Adolf Schittler makes Adolf. Oh, God. <laughs> Adolf Schittler. <laughs> like there's no, there's no way, not enough money in this world. I mean, it's, I think as long as nobody gets hurt and everyone's a willing participant, you know, let them fucking have it. Yeah. yeah. If you, you want to doodle on somebody's chest, do your thing. 
<laughs> yeah, but now now because of Corona, I think all that's going to change. Now it's probably down to one girl, two cups because you want to have you want to rinse in between. Did anybody actually watch that whole thing all the way through? Fuck yeah. Yes, sir. You did? I Seriously? saw it with my friends, man. We were we were like, oh God, play that again. <laughs> I, no, the worst is what came next was one guy and one jar. You know yes. that. Oh, yes. Oh, what? Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, that's... Bobby, what? Are you serious? Yeah. I swear to God. This is when the dude put the jar up his ass and then busted it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's... Oh. Let's find it. I'll send you a link, Bobby. I don't know if he KY'd the jar first, but, you know, the no. jar was oh. going oh. in. He was jar- The jar he was, was going in, and it broke. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like pulled shards of glass out he of pulled his ass. Yeah. And he pulled the shards out of his ass. Oh, oh where are we going with this? <laughs> we fell off the rails real quick. <laughs> or, as, or as Chris Wise calls it, a Sunday night. So, yeah. Yeah. But speaking of juice, no, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, not awkward at all. So, no, not really. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope he's I, actually. Let's, let's slide out of this, but just one last thing on Chris. I hope he's getting a little happier than he has been the last couple podcasts with those. Yeah, they're trying to get him divorced, Colleen. I just want to fill you in. Yeah, his marriage has been on the rock, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the happiest really, fucking time of my life. I was like, I really hope that- <laughs> <laughs> Were you married before? Yes, I was. Okay. Do I need to talk about it? He was a German, <laughs> no. he was a German philosopher. No, I was just, I was just asking a Were you that. ever married? <laughs> no, he was a German philosopher. He was a professor at the university. Wow. Yeah. Why, why would you marry that? Uh, you, you meet somebody. It's fun. You listen to Mozart. Say, let's get fucking married. It happens. So where did it, where did it all go wrong? I've never once listened to Mozart and thought, how am I going to ruin my life even more than this? <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good. No, I mean, we had to go our, we went our separate ways, you know, so. Was this in I, Berlin? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We were married exactly 10 years, too, so. But Bobby, what I really want to know, um, since Mila and her family, um, that's that's Bobby's wife. Since, okay. since, they pro- since they're probably the ones that taught you German. Did you learn to speak German with a Russian accent? I actually did not learn German from them. No? Did you just pick it up? I went to an uh, actual language course. I actually tested out a little bit early. And I learned it um, when I worked for Bosch. Oh. No better way of learning than when you're forced to. I believe in that. Exactly. Course. Like, then that was my thing. Like, I, you have to... I'm a firm believer. Practice makes perfect. You have to, you actually have to take yourself and put, go past your comfort zone and just make yourself do it. Put yourself in the awkward situations. So you know how to handle them the next time around. And that's what I did the whole time. I'm with you, Bobby zoom fist bump. Boom. Same philosophy. I actually think that's a lot of people who come to Germany um, as Auslanders or, or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, I actually feel like sometimes they're a little bit embarrassed to make mistakes, but you got to have a little bit thicker skin and embrace that. Like a lot of people get annoyed if you correct them, but I actually think there's no better way to learn. No. So, And I, I tell people that all the time, like even at work, like 
obviously i still like my problem is i've been here for 10 years now but i still think and i translate in english so if we're having a conversation in german like my german's not bad obviously you hear my accent but i can i can hang I'm hearing you in German, but I'm translate like I'm okay. This is what he's saying, and this is what I'm going to answer. So it tires you out, but for some reason, like that switch has never flipped with me yet. To where my kids, like my kids, can do three languages, and it it doesn't even they don't even realize it, and um, it's pretty cool. That shit's I, that shit's gone for me. I don't translate anymore; it just comes out. Like I, yeah, maybe I'm doing it. I just don't know it, but I just. Right. Yeah, maybe probably should have maybe you should have been in forced labor a little longer because that's usually (laughs) (laughs) but I mean but that's the thing though. You just gotta you gotta put yourself out there and you gotta do it. I know people do that have been here way longer than me and you can't even it's night and day. Like my German compared to theirs, it is night and day. Well, I think if you work for a German company, it becomes a thing where my biggest problem was, is I had to tell people, stop trying to talk to me in English all the time to improve your English, right? To improve my German. And that is something that Germans do. Right. See, for me, my job, since I only handle uh, international sales outside of Germany, it is only my, my correspondence with my customers and phone calls is 100% English. The only German I have is with my production or higher ups like even the owner of the company most of the time it's it's like 60 percent english 40 percent german but it's still majority of my stuff is english and obviously at home we only speak english as well so my german is actually from when i'm outside of those elements when i'm shopping or i'm around other people but i'm really around where it's just me and germans um it's mainly it's just us who are americans or speak English or Russians. So it's Colleen, I take it that yours is is actually pretty decent at this point. I think it's fluent. I mean, I used to read a lot more. I used to try to like uh, ingratiate myself into the culture or be mm-hmm. I never ever tried to like speak with a German accent. It irritates yeah. me to no fucking end when I meet Americans and they're like Mein Deutsch is feel feel but they're like when they compare their German to mine because they have they, they try so hard to I'm like whatever you do you you know that's all I can say I hate I've, I hate these kind of freaking comparisons I'm like I find I the best probably still walk you circles around you in German but with a really heavy American accent you know I find exactly. the best the best reply to that is usually when you say go fuck yourself that usually um, get some of yeah, yeah, that yeah. shit That's out. That's the all-purpose yeah. motherfucking effective motherfucker, you know, bumper sticker that. Put it Bobby, on your forehead. Mine's like you, though. I work for an uh, aerospace company, so all mine's a lot of correspondence in English, but I also have my colleagues in Lipstadt who are where I have to go where my office chair is, and uh, you know, most of the time I try to speak German there, but I'm with you. Corona hasn't helped our German whatsoever. That's a fact. Uh, well, so, for me, uh, well, for me, it's like I said, that from that aspect, for me, nothing has changed. Yeah, well, this is where my home office is. So I'm doing my Zoom in my home office. I mean, this is where I am all the time now. No travel. I like your no background. Nothing. It's really fucking rustic, man. It's all yeah, fucking it's, wood and it smells of everything. Smells of mahogany in here and in, in, in rich leathers. So um, actually, no, it's just uh, I like to have a little different background than other people when I'm doing my Zoom meetings. 
but mm. I have to get rid of uh, some things in the background when I have a meeting, like my whiskey boat back there and other things. And if I turn my wide camera on, you'll see in the corner, I have my whiskey cabinet. So oh, that's okay. why I try to use the in, in camera, but thanks. Thanks. I, I think I care about my oh, Zoom so that's advanced shit so i could i could have different i've i've seen that that people have different backgrounds oh this shit here this is real that's actually that's real this is me that's that's uh, okay that's no bullshit this is my actual background that's my office (laughs) no i thought that i just seen that people i don't know how or where it is that you add a background if you go if like we'll do this real quick i don't give a fuck if you go where the stop video is Mm -hmm. yeah there's a little arrow next to it yeah. Click on that, uh-huh. and it'll say "Choose Virtual Background." Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Wait. Now it just says your processor does not meet our recommended specifications. <laughs> <for> our... <laughs> Do you guys like my background? Whatever. <laughs> Do you guys like my what? background? What? I missed that. I like. Okay, I'm gonna have to That's update great. something. My ex-boyfriend bought me this computer five years ago, and I haven't thought about upgrading it. Fuck, your beard disappears. I like that. It's like a green screen, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very but I cool. wish I wish Mr. Biden would stop whispering in my ear. It's getting weird at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a better one, but I don't want us to get sued, Bobby, so I won't put it on there. Ed, please don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah. If I, oh, oh, hospital bed. Oh. Which for me is significantly more funnier than that. So, uh, so here we go. Did you do do a different one? Who? You just said it's more funny. I was looking at something on mine. I didn't see before the hospital bed. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just saying the hospital bed is a bit ironic for me. So, okay, good. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? um, (laughs) I, eh. I uh, I actually uh, am recently divorced as well. So oh, okay. um, yeah, I I uh, was attacked while I was sleeping at night and got stabbed in the chest with a knife oh. uh, into my heart and I almost died. So that's true story. Oh yeah. Damn. So that's why I'm saying the hospital bed for me is a little bit funny. So oh okay. You have to embrace the shitty stuff that hey, happens women, to you in life. Women can be fucking bitches, man. I can tell you that right now, man. I could. I second fucking, that. Fucking, <laughs> fucking bitches, you man. What, man. I tell like, No, I choose my friends pretty carefully. Like, I mean, I have a couple of women friends, and they're like, I'm like, what's your bitchiness level? I mean, like to other people, but it's like, fuck, man. Women well, me, can be women can be bitches. Let me let me tell you something straight off, Colleen. Um, I didn't deserve to get stabbed with a, a knife in the chest, but let me tell you, I wasn't a saint. Um, okay. So I'm not going to paint that picture for you. Like I was some innocent victim. I've been pretty clear about that on the pod. Uh, uh, okay. So like, uh, but I, obviously I didn't deserve that. And I wish that never would have happened, but um, yeah. let me say I wasn't the best, easiest person to deal with. So let's put it that way. So, okay. Now, you gotta you're on, now you're on your way to like uh, <laughs> yeah, self-improvement yeah. or something like that. Right. 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 I mean, I mean, I would say all oh, these guys know the story already, but I'm, I'm very lucky to be here. Very, 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 very lucky. So now he only uh, keeps uh, chopsticks in his house. Yeah, that's right. So I do got a cool tattoo, though, right across the middle of my chest from them opening okay. it up. So uh, that was fun. But um, hey, 
you know, it's borrowed time. We're all here. So that is my craziest story that happened to me in Germany. So <laughs> all right, I, 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 I don't think oh, I'll ever. Good for I, mean, I don't know. I like tops. I'm going to give the paraplegic. I mean, uh, I can't give it a score because I told it, but I'm going to give that like a 10.5, man. Uh, I, uh, I actually would like to meet this paraplegic so he could also paint my breasts. He so, was a great, cool fucking guy, man. I really thought he, he was just so cool. Hey, know? let me ask you, everybody I, on I, here. He might be sticking swabs in people's mouths in the Corona test center. He, he might be. That. Unless they have, like, China has an anal testing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it was fucked up. That's exactly what I thought about was anal testing. <laughs> let me get in there I real can. close. Yeah, exactly. I hope that's a long Q-tip. I swear, I hope it is. I well, I, I mean, to get to the nasal cavity <laughs> through the ass. I hope it's not. Actually, the you paraplegic know, guys. Like, imagine, uh, like, uh, Colleen, you don't know our friend Kim, but his hands, like, one of his fingers is probably those three of mine. So if he's swabbing you. Like that, that scares me. When they start talking about this anal swab, it's like, okay, how big a swab are we talking? Is it this big? Is it that big? How far does it go? I do not want to deal with this. And oh God, dude. That would be you, don't wanna know. you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. How far does it go? Like, hold, like those gloves that they use like impregnate cows. You're like, bitch, you don't need a shoulder glove. What are you doing? <laughs> Bobby, I've known you for 10 years and I know your fruity ass is going to push back on it. So, <laughs> yeah, but you got to like, I don't want to give it up that easy, though. You know what? I pictured that picture, the paraplegic guy with one of them long Q-tips. And you're bending <laughs> over, spreading your cheeks. And he's like. <laughs> he was you, sweet. He kind of looked like uh, doctor masks. Like you, you got to ask him, was I supposed to clean for this? Was I supposed to get an enema first? Like, what's going on here? There's a lot. There's too much that can happen in backdoor areas. That's, you that's, know too much about anal sex there, saying oh, that I, stuff. I know man. a lot. I, I have <laughs> I have two experts right here with me on the pod. So Oh, uh, okay, okay. That's all Bob does. So he doesn't want any uh. more kids, so that's what he does. <clears throat> okay. Back I mean, backdoor isn't gonna get you pregnant, that's for sure. That Unless yes, she doesn't even know I've been snipped. <laughs> <laughs> what? I said the funny thing is she doesn't know I'm getting snipped. <laughs> so speaking of Harry, um, yes. Harry, you've had you told us some crazy stories before. You have anything else to put out tonight? Oh, crazy. actually, I kind of want to hear about crazy stories. That is there a story that you and Colleen share together? Oh well, there actually is one because um, I had my first Colleen surprised. I had my first outside landing, which is um, a nice way to say plane crash, um, on my birthday, and I was oh, kind of happy birthday. Yeah, <laughs> and and I was kind of it, it ruins your mood, you know, if, if something like that happens to you potentially, <laughs> hear somebody die on a frequency. It's a and game changer. <laughs> it's it's a game changer, and I was I was kind of down, and it was my birthday, and uh, Colleen came back with a black notebook because i moleskin yeah black moleskin notebook because i was i was journaling back then also and um like i was working they didn't like exchange controllers after that like that's just a new thing you just kept working if you thought it was okay and uh she put it on the table 
and said, hey, this is this is just something to cheer you up. And then walking away, she says, the first one always hurts. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. So a plane crashes and like, holy fuck, here you a bunch of people that like a plane crash. It was just one guy. Come on. Are you cool? To, are you cool to keep going? Yeah, I got this. It's cool. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it was more like, um, are you are you cool to go on? Because we don't really have anybody else. So it's either going to be you or nobody. So I'm like, okay, well. Colleen, is this what you were in the, in the military and air traffic controller? Yeah, it was the whole time. Okay. Was this for helicopters or was this for actual? Uh, I was jets? a radar controller and a tower controller and anything that was in my sky that would fly and talk to me. So uh, that's what I controlled. Wow. That's nerve wracking, man. Uh, it's fun. I mean, it's, I think it depends on, uh, if you want to have fun with the job, you know, within, uh, you have to adhere to certain cri uh, criteria for the job, of course, you yeah. know, safety standards and stuff, but you can have fun with it if you want. It's, it's an open mic. I mean, you sit there exactly. and it's like, who wants to go in the holding pattern today, motherfuckers? And it's like, you know. <laughs> See, my thing is, I'd be sitting there, I'd be routing planes like above us. So when you look on the radar, it just looks like a massive dong. And that's, for me, that's what I would be doing. <laughs> I tried that, but I was one ball short because um, I can... It was like a jet guy who was trying to get, trying to keep his proficiency level up. And um, that's like right after that, Bremen controller painted this big dong over northern Germany. I wanted to paint an even bigger dong over Berlin. And um, after the shaft awesome. and one ball, he said, oh, he wants to go back and land. I'm like, okay, well, sorry. Oh, so many... dude, you're ruining it. <laughs> yeah. So could you just be like, dude, listen, if you play ball, you will be literally a ball. And I have a cock and balls in the sky, dude. Come on. I, I yeah, asked him before. This... I, I got his consent before. I said, um, do you just want like vectors back and forth? Or do you want to paint something in the sky that will get both of us in trouble? And he's like, the latter, please. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. I have to say, Harold has much better ideas than me. I usually just do like verbal <laughs> jujitsu in the sky. And I you're never... a master level black belt at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, fuck with everybody on the frequency, you know, because I was in a position of power. They all had to do everything <laughs> I said. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is, it, is it hard for you not to laugh at some of these pilots whose maybe English isn't their first language? And obviously, oh, like, oh, with the yeah, accents. Yeah. Like, like, Harry, could you seriously imagine me? Could you seriously imagine me as an air traffic controller? Like, I would be. 100%. Dude, no way, man. No way. Yeah, I can yeah, way. do that shit. It's not that hard. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not concerned about the job. I'm concerned about the fact that. You know me well enough to know I'll be making jokes all day. Yeah, you can if you do it. You in can, a certain you way. can exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. Here's the thing, though. I'm not sure that we have the subtlety that others possessed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I give it ten. Like today, for example, we made it five minutes before I went into my non. Um, what do you guys call it? My racist. 
No, well, what do you guys call it? Anti-Semitic? My casual oh. racism, where I don't think <laughs> I'm being racist. Like, I can imagine, like, I'd be immediately, like, as soon as I hear somebody be like, oh, break up, break up, Charlie. I'd be like, motherfucker. And Bobby, they probably do that in the States. I'm sure they do. Yep. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Bobby yeah. is known to call people of color boy. He's known to do that, so he's been known oh. to do that a few times. Not meaning to do it, but I don't know where I it comes from. It, though. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> no, you just mean boy as in I'm little. Exactly. Like a little child, like somebody that is younger and smaller than me. That is a boy. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got we you. Had it. We had it on one podcast where we're like halfway through. We took a break in the middle. I'm like, Bobby, do you not realize what you're doing? Bob's like, oh shit, I don't know. And we, like had right two after black this- we had like two of our buddies who are black on, and they just <laughs> let me go. Nobody's seen shit. I'm just like, oh my God, I just went on for an hour, and you assholes did not tell me things. <laughs> yeah, and, and what makes it hard is um we weren't they weren't just talking about like um I don't know, a football player or something. That was like right after this kid got shot. We in were talking about that. What is that? That Avery a, uh, Abram or whatever his name was uh, in Georgia. Uh, yeah, yeah. The guy that was um, jogging around. Jogging. Naked. Yeah, right. exactly. Jogging killed by the ex-sheriff uh, yeah. and his and son. I shit you not. Bobby went on a rant, a soapbox rant. And he must have said boy about 25 <laughs> times. And I was dying. I'm like, I want to tell him, but I don't want to stop the pod. It's too good. <laughs> that boy, and that boy was running away and from him. We didn't do that in the video at that time. So I couldn't read anybody's facial expressions. We were just doing it over a phone call. So Dude, I had no clue. I wasn't even in no on that pod. I heard Dave's facial expression. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, listen. A lot of slip ups happen. Well, so you know. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> a lot, no, but, a lot but of, you got to be careful these days. So, like a lot yeah. of things, you don't mean it and they come yeah. off wrong, and you will get put on the cancel police in five seconds. Exactly. And that's the kind of culture that we live in now is that cancel culture. And I, I, I can't afford to be canceled, guys. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. But no. the good thing in, in our job is, um, Everything happens so fast, and it's illegal to uh, to stream and listen to air traffic control frequencies in Germany. So you can pretty much get away with anything. Um, there's an American colleague that's now also retired. Hey. That what? I'm sorry. So it's illegal to stream those frequencies. Yes. Um, so there's no kind of uh, uh, fail safes in place. So there's no. Just they're recorded. One- no, we have tons of backups. We have all kinds of redundancy. You yeah. as an outsider cannot listen in and record our frequencies. They do though. Yeah, they do though, right? Yeah, I was going to say. Mm. They don't want to do that with police channels either in the States. Guess who has police right. scanners? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but in the States, it's like a completely different setup. You can go online now and legally stream and listen into um, Atlanta Approach or whatever. You can't do that in Germany. Um so that's that's the big difference. So everything, like if no pilot files a report on you, then you can pretty much get away with anything. And sometimes, depending on you know what the jockeys are like that are flying right now, a lot of them like they play along with this clubhouse atmosphere. Like this one story that I wanted to tell about um, a former controller that I'm desperately trying to get on the podcast as well, Mike. Um, oh, that's <laughs> gonna happen, man. I talked to that motherfucker today, and he was like, Okay, I'm not gonna go there. I don't know what happened. I, how do I say this? Let's just say he said to me 
that he was doing um, Alcatraz. And I was like, what's Alcatraz? And he was like, you know, The Rock. And I was like, uh, I don't know what The Rock is, man. This was like 10 o'clock in the morning, he called me. And he was like, you know, The Rock. And I was like, no, I don't know what The Rock is. And he was like, if you go to jail, where are you? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, the joint. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? What the fuck does Alcatraz have? He was like, Alcatraz is a joint. And I was like, why'd you fucking go to a rock, motherfucker? I would have been like, like, it's 10 in the morning. It's, it's too early I'm for this shit. I'm some crazy weed. <laughs> exactly. You know? Like, Jill, you're know, getting it's... fucked in the ass right now? What is yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But I actually I like, thought he made crack rock. The soap? What's going on, dude? Yeah, but then the thing, I don't know where we went. I After this, I was like, you Fucker, man, don't call me at 10 o'clock in the morning, like from and go from Alcatraz to the rock to the blah, 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 blah. And then he got all emotional about something. He was like, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. It's too much. And he hung up and I was like, <laughs> whatever, motherfucker. So then I went on with my life. And like 15 minutes later, I get this mail. Da, 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 da. Aren't you worried about me? You know? like, oh, fuck, fuck. We have like, friends like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh Maybe God, he hears this. I'm in fucking trouble. At any rate, so whatever. So I was just like, nah. So then I, I thought, okay, I'll give it like three hours and then call him and he's still alive or some shit like that. I mean, but I was like, I was like, you're so predictable, man. So yeah, now okay. you guys, yeah, he like would be fun on he would be real fun on the podcast. 100%. Especially sounds like there was quite a few Americans by you guys uh, oh, yeah. at work. I actually found out I was related to one of them. Lawrence. Was he, Chi was Lawrence. he Chinese? No, but he does oh. have slanted eyes and he's black. And <laughs> he grew up in um Dublin, Georgia, which is which is close to Macon, Georgia. And um after my family reunion, coincidentally, he had his family reunion and we found out that we have one person with the same first and same last name, the same date of birth and the same date of death in our family tree. So we're basically cousins. Wow. I was Lawrence's first um coach. Cool. He was my first, no, my second American trainee, but my, okay, it wasn't my first trainee. He was one of my first, like, 10 trainees, so, but I was his first uh, trainer, so <laughs> I was his first. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but back to Mike. Um, like, a couple of years ago, Air Berlin bought up Alitalia, which is, an, which is a, a very... <laughs> small Italian airline <laughs> and um, a lot of Italian pilots were flying under Ryanair call sign and their English isn't really that good. And um, since all these call signs were new to them, they weren't really like paying attention to them and um, sometimes really had to address them two or three times, which gets on your nerves as an air traffic controller, because like you have your rhythm and you want to go bop, bop, bop from one plane to the next. And if you have to address one guy two or three times, it messes your rhythm up. Right. And Mike went on the frequency and went, okay, all you Italian guys, you really have to listen up so you can get up, get, get away with a lot of stuff and not get canceled. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, but that's an easy thing to say, man. Yeah, well, you baited me to say fuck on frequency on your last I day. I know, that was so fucking cool. It was like the, my second to the last day of work and I was the assistant and I, 
I asked him if he would say fuck on the radio and he did. He did. That was sweet. <laughs> is that um, is it like forbidden to curse? Or is it like you know, specific guidelines? I, I think we're supposed to stick to the phraseology that's written down. And yeah. I, I, did, think, I, know, I, I think never that's just standard in any of those books. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> hey cunt, you want to put it down over there or not? <laughs> but there's another colleague, I don't want to mention his name, but um I bet that or I dared him to say something very offensive to um Erdogan's pilot who was flying in. Oh, he said, oh, no problem. And he just like, without missing a beat, he said, Turkish, blah, 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 blah. Durna left heading 330 and kebab high speed. <laughs> I want you send me who that was. That's some fucking balls, man. I will, man. That was, that was, I, I had maximum respect for him after that. It was a younger guy, too. You probably okay. know if I, if I hint at it. Young so, guy. Kind of nerdy, likes Auburn football. Oh yeah! Oh fuck yeah! Fucking How do all amen. these Americans all end right. up in Bremen? Oh, he was—he's German. He no, just no, no, I just mean overall. Former Air said... Force. Former Air okay. Force. Okay. Like we used to control the sky of Berlin from Berlin, and then in 2006 they moved the center. They we're radar controllers, so we can sit even 400 kilometers away. They moved our center to Bremen in 2006 and consolidated. Okay. Um, so we were still controlling the same airspace, but from a different location, 400 kilometers away, which fucking sucks, you know? Yeah. I'd rather be in Berlin going to the Kit Kat club with my fucking unicorn balloon, getting my boobies painted than <laughs> you know, on my time off, you know? Serious <laughs> question. <laughs> Dead serious question. Do you think he would have painted my balls? Yes or no? Would he? Oh, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm, he Bobby, let's do it. See, painting boobies for me is if, means if, totally something if different. If they open again, yeah, it does. No, like if I'm they painting open boobies, again, I'm skeet, skeet, skeeting. <laughs> that, well, he's paraplegic. That ain't happening. So he's taking the second best route he has. True. How frustrating though. You see, you see boobies and butts all night. And you can't jerk off because you don't have hands. No, you can't. Oh, you're right. My God, that'd be well, awful. the thing is, okay, I can give you the floor plan of the Kit Kat. You come in, there's the garderoba. That's where they decide if you're dressed appropriately or not. And if they decide you're not, it's normally British tourists or whatever, where they go, nah, you can't come in. But if you take off all your clothes, so then there's like lockers, you can put your clothes in it. And then you walk past a little, once you put your stuff in the locker and you're in your underwear and hopefully you wore underwear without shit stains, doesn't matter. It's dark and you're probably going to get them at some point in time in the evening. <laughs> no, it's just like, you're going to walk out with a fucking shit stain whether you want to or not. Oh. At any rate. So then you go around the corner and there's like a little tiki bar and you can get drinks and stuff. And then in that corner, there's a guy that always has a, like a, a trench coat. And he jacks off in the corner, or he's always stroking his shaft, or he'll sit there with the jacket closed that guy. and wait for some unsuspecting person who's like new to the bar. He'll be like, oh, fresh flesh. And then he'll like open his jacket and he's like, you know, he's got his dingle dingy hanging there. Yeah, and then, the, like the trench coat where you just flash. Exactly. But when he's not flashing, he's got a little bar still there and he's just like stroking his little, you know, snake. He's just like, I like my, I like, I like my little snake. But then you go around the corner from there and then there's like a swimming pool area and there's like 
places to lay down and there's people having sex in the swimming pool, which I always thought was like, oh, all of the shit in that pool, whatever. And then you go back <laughs> in, you go back in. It's like imagine somebody splashing water in your face. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, shit. There's like an outdoor area where you can uh, smoke cigarettes or even fuck over the balustrade or something like that. You go back in and then there's a big dance floor. And then there's lots of like um, poles, like for people that want to do pole dancing. And there's like, you can jump up on the table and pretend you're a pole dancer, which some people do. People go in there and they're like, I'm going to practice my pole dancing skills. And they can't. And they fall flat on the face <laughs> of the table. <laughs> Were these, that sounds like an awesome night. Yeah. And it's like, and then there's another little area where they have kind of psychedelic, like trance type music. And then you go into this back room and that's where the swings and the gynecological chairs are. And there's like another room behind that. And then you go up the stairs and everything is <laughs> dark and flat. And there's floor to floor people having sex on these like mattresses there. And you can stand oh, no. up there. Yeah, you can stand up there and like have a drink. It looks like a dark room. It's all dark. But you can stand up there and, and, you can, and you can hear all of this stuff going on. But you can stand. It's usually quieter up there and you can have a conversation with a friend if you want. <laughs> and then you can go. So the subtle sound of moist ball slaps. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's making mac and cheese? Yeah, exactly. There's definitely moaners. But it's fun. It's like in all the different areas, there's different kind of music. And they usually have some of the best techno DJs in berlin there so it's like if you like techno uh, not really you know i could live without whatever but if it's like duh, 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 and everyone else is doing that you know i'll be like yeah fuck this, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, like a dumbass <laughs> i mean it sounds great i mean i'm ready to go i'm ready that for story actually just gave me an even better pickup line because she said you know it, everybody you're just gonna get a shit stain no matter what so what you do <laughs> what you want to do is you you sneak up behind somebody and whisper in their ear, hey, you mind if I leave a rosebud in your panties? <laughs> uh, not everyone speaks English there. You've got the Italian tourists, the French tourists, whatever. But they get it if you say you want to fuck. You know, then they'll be like, no. I mean, it's huh. pretty universal at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. pretty easy pickings. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Bobby Gross. That's a good way to put it, but that's fucking gross. Ah. Uh. So it's ready for the Kit Kat. Okay. Trip to the Kit Kat or what? Fuck yeah. If they open back Chinese. up. Yeah, let's, let's have uh, a podcast, um, I guess, a field trip. Oh, that would be cool. I would I'm definitely down. be in for I'm fucking retired. So, yeah, let's do it. How did you end up retiring so early? I mean, obviously. Uh, so, we retire at 55. So I'm wow. a little bit, I'm like 55 and a half now, actually. So I retired actually late. I actually, most controllers retire at 52. So I actually retired a lot later than everyone else. Is Why do you need to retire at 52? Of, yeah, is that just because of the amount of stress? I think so. I think so. It, it has, I have to say, honestly, the first week I had like lots of stuff to do, blah, 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 blah. But after, I think after that week was over and I could look at the calendar and I knew I didn't have to go back to work. Not like it was stressful the last year, but I thought, 
whoa, if it was stressful a year ago and probably mm-hmm. gradually, incrementally more and more and more stressful uh, during those last five years as I was incrementally getting older and older and it, it, it took a lot out of me and I thought, God, I never, ever have to carry that monkey on my back again. Yeah, I was going to say. Never, ever have to have that. I that could also nice. I could also imagine they want people at their A game, not saying that somebody older is not on their A game. However, when you're handling, how many people are usually in a regular plane there you guys were handling? 200 plus? Nah, I'd say about 120, 120, 130. Okay, but still, 120, that's still... That's a lot times of stress. Times 40, Harold. Times 40, 40 Harold. Times 40. Yeah, times 40. <laughs> so but that's a lot of... <laughs> it's, a, it's only 120, but times 40. I mean, 40. the fact is, Bobby, that's a lot of souls, no matter that's which what I mean. way you that's put a it. So. Lot, that's a lot of mental stress that you have to deal with. So you wear, you wear yourself down at a much faster pace than as somebody where I just... I just push buttons all day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to deal with people's lives. So I think, okay, that's fair. I I was just going to say, I I, I see where you're coming from, Bobby, but I I think um, I don't, because I don't want to speak ahead of myself, but let let me ask a question. So before I sound like a complete dumbass and asshole, has technology made your job easier? Hell yeah. Yes and no. To the fucking hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't really know what it's like um, because it was kind of advanced when I started, um, especially like the radar display. I was going to ask Colleen, you started in 85. So, yeah. you know, some of the, some, I, it's just going to sound stupid, but some of the things you see on uh, TV about the worst plane crashes, you have these controllers and they're actually, they have these little things that they're charting the planes mm. with. And, and they're not, actually moving the yeah. plane along the radar screen. Like it's yeah. like a little so that was, thing. That, yeah, that would be, they called those shrimp boats and those were non-radar boards and you had to control the aircraft without seeing them. You would get your pilot reports and you would say, oh, you, wow. you would you would have like a magnet. And as each pilot would report his position, you would plot it on this thing. And then you would like, you would have an overview of the airspace. And based on their reporting, their position, you know, in the sky, you would plot along the aircraft with their, they called it the shrimp boats. And um that's how you would separate the airplanes using time and radio. That shit's fascinating reports. to me. I'm, that's that's really old fashioned and yeah. hasn't been done since like the 1980s. So okay. the young guys never ever, even in theory, had to do anything like that. We had to do it a few times. We had lost our radar, so we controlled the flights without talk. With I was just gonna say only- because. Um, nowadays, because that's one of the things I, when uh, 9-11 happened, um, yeah. there, the, the plane that went down in Pennsylvania, if you looked in outside of Oberlin, Ohio, that's where the FFA, that's like where they control all the airspace and all the flights east of the Mississippi. And mm-hmm. that's yeah. where their headquarters is, like in the middle of like fucking corn country. Yeah. And that's where they predicted that plane was going. So what, after that happened and they knew that that plane was on its way, we had to, cause you could actually see it from the school that I went to, you could see it. So we had to all pick up, we had to go. And to me, if you're smart about it, if you take out that kind of technology, 
then you have to go back to how you were seeing it with the shrimp boats and like that. No, you don't. No, you no. don't. Because nowadays no. with the current technology, someone could take over our airspace from another facility. Yeah. And we Even have- in the states where you have that massive amount oh, yeah. to deal with. Oh, yeah. When I mean, when Reagan fired, you probably don't even remember this, but Ronald Reagan fired all of the air traffic controllers in the U.S. in like 1981, 82. They yeah. they they did a strike, and then he was. They said they were going to strike. They, I don't know what they wanted more benefits, more money, blah blah blah. But at some point in time, he just said, "You're all fired forever," and he stuck to his guns. He it took till Bill Clinton was president to hire the ones that hadn't aged out back in some way, shape or form and like little towers. But the US military, the, the US Air Force and the US Army and the US Navy air traffic controllers left their positions at Air Force and Army and Navy bases and went into the FAA facilities and kept the civilian flights flying over the United States of America in the I don't, I think it was 12 months that the U.S. military manned all of the FAA facilities in America. I've never, and, I've never heard this. I'm fascinated right now. You could yeah. Google it. You could Google I, it. I, I no, I believe you. Fired, I just I never heard, heard it. I heard yeah. they fired all the air traffic controllers. I, I knew about that, but I didn't yeah. know that it took that long to get some of the people re put back in and shit. I mean, right, the, the basic the training for an air traffic controller takes years. So you have to think if he fired across the board, everybody, um, he had to man the facilities with somebody. So he took the U S military and manned the facilities. And then in the interim time, they got enough trainees. I mean, I think the U S uh, air traffic control Academy, they have one in Minnesota, their main FAA Academy is in Oklahoma. And it took a long time to get the people through there to get them back into the facilities. But I had in my generation of air traffic control in the Air Force, I had, the thing is, you couldn't get a job with the FAA. So the cool thing is the Air Force and the Army and the Navy said, look, we had to give all air, our air traffic controllers to the government. They're on loan. And they hired all of these former FAA controllers. So when I joined the Air Force in 84, half the people that were my like seniors were former FAA controllers from JFK, from Boston, from Atlanta. These were the best of the best. And they were just normal fucking military controllers because they could only do the job they loved for the military because the military had to replace them in their civilian jobs. And you know, so they took really a really lucky. And you and I both know they took a pay cut for that. Oh, fuck yeah. Hey, listen, yeah, to tie like, a bonus. I was, I was fortunate to have like all of these FAA people as my, you know, my colleagues, you know, my brothers in arms. My, my question to tie a bow on this. Uh, yeah. Uh, first off, uh, we are not done with you yet. We have just started okay. the front side. We still, <laughs> we still got to turn you over. Um, okay. So uh, to tie a bow on this, uh, what technology is in place now that makes your job easier? Is it all computerized or is it all? Oh, you want to go first? Uh, there's a thousand different things. You can go first. You can go first. Well, just, just give us a brief overview, obviously, for, okay. for Number us, one. us dummies who don't know the. 
number one, what really makes it easy is um, the data that you can read out when you look at um, when you look at your symbol. Because I remember uh, starting to work when I only I never really knew the pilot's airspeed, what he was looking at. I only knew um, how fast the plane was above ground. Um, but to be able to control it, you have to know what the pilot sees so that you can see and react to the adjustments that he makes on your speed. So on his speed. So you had to ask the pilot his speed all the time. Now you can just click on something and read it out, or you can have it um, that it's like permanently on display. Um, and then when it comes to flight data management, it's not just about controlling the planes. It's also making sure that adjacent sectors get um get pre-warning, um, get information on how many um, how many planes are going to enter, where they're going to enter, at what altitude they're going to enter, and so on. And all that stuff is automated now. Before, we had to go through a different, uh, different working position manned by people who had entirely different jobs. They were called flight data operators. And their job was just to make sure that um, flight plan data was being transferred from us to adjacent sectors and from adjacent sectors to us. Now, all that stuff can be done from the controller's working position automatically. So that takes out the middleman, which makes it a whole lot more efficient. And um, nine times out of 10, safer. it works fine. Um, makes it safer, too. Um, because whenever there's, there's, uh, some kind of discontinuity in a, in a flight plan or whatever, you get like a little message and you can work it out and it even tells you when there's a discontinuity. So you have to, um, then have somebody, or you do it yourself, call the adjacent sector and just make sure that everybody's on the same page. And that made everything, um, a lot more efficient and also safe because you don't get these surprises anymore. Like, huh, he should be coming at this level. Why is he reporting this level? Is this a pilot's error? Um, and then the next thing that I think is very, very beneficial is um, you can see now, if you, if you uh, give a pilot a different altitude, you can see what he punches into his autopilot. Everything goes through, goes through their, uh, their transponder systems. So um, when they communicate with their aircraft, we see if they, uh, if they um, follow the, the clearances correctly. And if there's like a 10 second gap between the clearance and um, the pilot's reaction, we get a, we get a warning. So uh, that probably saved a lot of lives because um, you don't have to like really monitor the plane's altitude like second by second to make sure he doesn't bust his levels. Um, if he misunderstood you, if he misunderstood a nine for a five or whatever, um, you can you can see it. You get a you get a readout, and then you get um, your warning, and then you can correct the pilot. So that's that really saves lives, I think. Yeah. And I'm sure that's like a very very brief overview. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the main things really. Everything else is just um, basically improving improving the workflow, um, but. I mean, you don't you don't have to spend as much capacity on writing legible uh, in a legible fashion because everything is just point and click. Um, you don't take over from somebody whose handwriting you just <laughs> can't make any yeah. sense of. Yeah. Um, yeah. It took some getting used to because for me at least, a lot of um, like knowing what I told the planes was haptic. So if I scribbled something down, not even I could read it like maybe a day later or something, but I knew just by muscle memory, okay, I gave this guy nine, I gave that guy 10, that kind of thing. But now it's just point and click. So um, I can like reread it all the time. Um, and that took some getting used to because that little crutch that I had didn't work anymore because like the motion for a nine is this, the motion for a five is this. So it all stays the same.
Nice. That's, that's nuts. So for me, I, I don't know. I don't know. That seemed like a lot of stress, and I'd need whiskey by me at all times. So oh, you I don't know if that would okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, listen, we're pushing an hour and a half. Very uh, good. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to wrap it up for tonight, Bobby. Cool. Uh, we'll make this a part one, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you'd like to be on again, Cookie, we'd love to have you on again. Okay, just send me an invite. Now I know where to click, and I evidently have my Zoom package. Uh, now you're all good here. to go. Oh, exactly. Got the you're snowball. Nice. And I got my fucking snowball. I got my fucking red light on my fucking snowball. Everybody loves a snowball. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, Bobby. So, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being on tonight with us, Colleen. It was great. Uh, yeah, Harry, as always, Thank you, buddy. Um, thanks for having me. And thanks for introducing her to us. And everybody, please like, share, comment on our YouTube page on basically wherever, wherever you can find podcasts and download them. That's where you'll find us. We are on YouTube. This video will be on YouTube. Um, so please like it, share it. Um, the numbers they're okay i think i sent like ups, 50 their their podcast tonight so you're gonna fucking take a nice spike from me man <laughs> nice. thank you <laughs> i, I like to it. hear that's what i like to hear so all right, all right. well thanks for Have stopping by guys bye bye so now do we hang up is that no, how this works stay oh, on. okay I'll start up. <laughs> that's how the that's how the, the cookies made <laughs> just stay on <laughs> <laughs>